Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. So Jeremy mentioned earlier that he would, that we'd be sharing some more with you about um, what's going to be happening with the blessing box. And I'll give you just a little bit of an update on, on where we're at with that. The box is finished and completed. Um, I know, and it looks great. And... Um, but with that, we have had some conversations over the last couple of weeks about the box and about our community. If you're not a part of it, if you're on Facebook, I, I recommend you go on to um, the Blessing Box of Murfreesboro. There's actually six Blessing Boxes around town. And those boxes, as I've sent out in my emails, they empty daily. And a couple of those boxes empty three times a day. Um, when I talked with Heather this week, we learned that um, there is a homeless camp right here near the church. And um, she was sharing with me that what the city is doing is they're coming into these homeless camps, they're giving them five minutes to take every, everything that belongs to them, and they bulldoze and bury the rest. This is our community, friends. These are people who are in desperate need of, of wh- however we can help them. And so um, we want to continue to provide the needs. We want to continue. They had to get, this is amazing, I saw it the other day, Heather shared, they needed a pair of size 22 shoes. I've never even seen a shoe that big. But they needed a size 22 shoe, and within a couple of hours, had the shoes for the gentleman that needed them. That's what happens around here. People are so behind this. And so Heather messaged Jeremy and I and about two weeks ago, and she said, I want to ask if we could donate the box um, in honor, in memory of someone. And so you're going to learn more about who that person is when the time comes, but it is someone who actually has a connection to the NA ministry here at the church, and their family donates in their memory um, because of the ministry of NA here at Real Life. And so we are going to dedicate the box, and that family is going to come to church that Sunday, um, and that's going to be the 28th of March, so just a few weeks from now. We're going to gather, we're going to dedicate it, we're going to honor um, the memory of this person and, and pray over this family that, that this is, and they are a regular donator to this. Um, and we're encouraging everybody, bring a box of food that day, and we're just going to pack that thing full and wait and see what God can do through the ministry of the blessing box. It seems like such a little thing, but I have, I've posted about it on Facebook this last week, and I had a friend in Arizona say, can I give too? Um, let's, be, let's continue to just get behind this. This is a, a great hands and feet of Jesus ministry right here in our parking lot. Um, Jeremy and I had the idea this week, if you remember our series I shared about the turquoise table with you last year, um, we decided that that little cement pad out there might be a really great spot for a turquoise table, a spot for people who come to get food just to gather and sit together. Um, We got to have a conversation with one of the ladies from the salon next door, and she talked about how Um, She said, we keep an eye on the box for you, I just want you to know. She said, we straighten it sometimes when we're on our breaks, and we bring food to stock in it, and we make sure that the door's closed if it's ever blowing open. That's what being neighbors looks like. 
And what if that table is the beginning of, of relationships of, of these businesses right here on Main Street? Um, so that's just a little bit of dreaming that's happening, and we're going to be celebrating that. We're going to be um, talking some more about what the Blessing Box uh, ministry is going to look like. But um, I would encourage you, grab some canned goods, bring them in. There's a red cart in the foyer. You can put them in there. Our children's ministry, they're going to pray over them, and they're going to put a label on them that says, this has been prayed for by real life. Um, so be a part of that, and we're, it'll be great. This morning, open your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Mark 5, 1 through 20. So they arrived on the other side of the lake in the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus saw some di- was still some distance away, the man ran to him, saw him and ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And they they entered the the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs, plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen flew to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. As the crowd soon gathered around Jesus... And they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed and sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him, but Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things that Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. This is the Lord, word of the Lord. And we all say, thank you, Jesus. So Jesus has a habit of doing things. um, I brought my little box today. I wanted a bigger box, but this is what I have. So Jesus had a habit of doing things outside of the box of his day, right? Um, He didn't really care for boxes, but I think people were constantly trying to put him in a box, like, this is nice, and, you know, I actually kind of like this box because it's a nice, neat little tidy box, and it tucks in nicely, and all the squares fit just right, and and it's a perfect little box, and Jesus was like, "Uh uh-uh, let's open that box up. I don't want to be stuck in that box. I don't want to do things the way that that box is necessarily. 
Um, there were rules and laws and expectations of how things were supposed to be done, and he seemed to challenge all of the rules, right? In the story um, just before this, we read about the disciples in the boat in the storm. Remember that? They're, they're in the storm. Jesus is asleep in the boat. The storm gets bad. They're convinced they're going to drown. They start yelling, and Jesus wakes up, and what does Jesus do? Calms the storm. He stops the storm. And the disciples, they say, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? So this is my box this morning. And so here we have the storm. And Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh. He steps on that box, that expectation of, of how a storm should respond. We find ourselves asking this question today, who is this man Our circumstances might not be the same. We might not be in a boat in the middle of the lake going, Jesus, please calm this storm. But there are storms in our life, and we go, Jesus, please calm this storm. And sometimes Jesus does it, or we see the powerful way that God moves, and we're like, how? Who is he? Now, Jesus has healed this demon-possessed man, and the crowd watched as a herd of 2,000 pigs run off the hillside and into the water and drown. Have you ever watched an amazing feat of someone, like um, someone walking a tightrope across Niagara Falls, or um, seen someone do some crazy magic trick, or what? You name the great feat that you've watched, and you literally sit there and go, what? Have you ever had that moment? You've watched a movie, and you're like, how did they do that? Now, I know it's a movie. They probably had some a little extra help with that, but you still sit there in awe of what you just saw, right? I am guessing that that's exactly what the crowd watched that day. Here is Jesus, says to the, to the demons and the man, come out of this man, and they come out of the man, and 2,000 pigs run off a hillside and die. That is not a normal occurrence last time I checked. And so they're probably literally sitting there a little bit shocked. So here's another way that Jesus stepped outside of the box. Um, this story takes place in a Gentile land. Jesus went into a Gentile land. It says the region of Gerasenes. Um, Mark's focus here is that they've entered the Gentile land. He's pointing out that Jesus' mission expanded outside of Judaism. It wasn't just for the Jews. It was for the Gentiles too. So here's Jesus again entering Gentile land. I think I'm going to have a hard time crushing this box. There we go. So he steps on it, on the box again, entering into Gentile land. His mission expands to those who act differently, think differently, and look differently. Think about that in our world today. The mission of Jesus extends to those who act differently, think differently, and look differently than you and I. Um, Another thing that he does, Mark goes into great detail about how, um, about the demoniac is what they called the man. He was, um, you know, the Jewish listeners, this this demon-possessed man was not clean to them. And so, to them, cleanliness is just, you know, it's kind of next to godliness there. As, as long as you're clean, then you're living a godly life. And so, this man lives in the tombs, and it was believed that demons were the spirits of the dead, so the Jewish audience who was watching what happened would understand the man to be demon-possessed. The Jews would associate this with uncleanliness because Jews weren't supposed to touch dead bodies. 
The man cuts himself with stones. Leviticus 19.28 forbids cutting your bodies for the dead. Self-injury was considered a sign of worship in other religions. The Jews could hear, they would hear that he cut himself and have another reason to consider this man unclean. And then there are pigs. Um, the Jews may have actually thought that the, the demons leaving the man and going into the pigs was a good thing because pigs were unclean to them. And so to them, 2,000 pigs going off a hillside, they're like, that's what they deserve. Because they weren't clean. The presence of the pigs alone would have made them uncomfortable. And it's another reminder here that we're in Gentile territory, not Jewish territory. The man is naked. Um, When the others arrived, they come and what do they see? They see the man sitting there dressed and in his right mind. Um, And they knew that he had not been in his right mind and he had not been clothed before. And public nakedness was another um, shameful thing in Jewish culture and a signal to the Jews again that the man was what? Unclean. So we're in Jewish territory now. Um, Now we have Jewish law. Jewish law is to remain pure and holy. Don't do what makes you unclean. Avoid touching or even interacting with those who are unclean. Um, Those who were deemed unclean actually had to leave their communities and announce, okay, I'm going to process this with you in just a second. They had to announce their uncleanliness to a passerby. I was doing this this week. I was looking through this, and I said to Jeremy, okay, let's just put ourselves in modern day right now, okay? Here we go. So we're going to take some things from the Bible time, and we're going to put them in... 2021. COVID. Go home to your house away from everyone, and to anyone who drives by your house, you yell out the window, I have COVID, because they need to know that you're not clean. Sounds fun, right? Okay. Here's another one. Menstruation. Go home away from everyone. Some of us might say yes, but go home away from everyone and announce to everyone passing by, I'm on my period. Sounds great, right? Not so much. Okay, here's another one. Poison ivy. Go home away from everyone and announce to every passerby, I have poison ivy. Your neighbors are going to think you're insane, first of all, if you do that, so I wouldn't recommend it. But um, think about the emotional toll that COVID, you've lived through COVID, right? Think about the emotional toll that COVID has taken on people having to quarantine, having to shut the whole country down, having to stay out of schools and out of our jobs and all of these things. Has it been difficult? Oh my goodness, yes. Can you imagine if that was everyday life like it was then? Every time you were considered unclean, women, every month you would have to spend that week out of community until you were considered not clean anymore or clean So, Jesus breaks the expected expected boundary in several ways. Rabbis were not to enter Gentile areas. Here we go again. He steps on the box because he enters the Gentile area. Um, The demoniac approaches Jesus, and what does Jesus do? Remember what I said? They're supposed to avoid Jews, or they're supposed to avoid interaction with people who are unclean. Does Jesus avoid him? No. Jesus engages with the man. He steps on the box again. He engages with him rather than ignoring him. 
Who in our life do we need to engage with rather than ignore? All week I kept getting the image of a group of homeless people at the corner of the exit that we get off at to go to Trevecca. They're there every day. Actually, you could probably pick your corner right here in Murfreesboro. Who do we avoid rather than engage with? That's where, I'm, that's where my head's at. Um, Jesus did not become unclean by this encounter, but instead had the power to make the man clean. Step on the box. This connects to the passage after it where Jesus lays hands on the dead girl and he brings her back to life. Remember, Jews aren't supposed to touch dead people. And what does Jesus do? He touches her. Does he get sick? No. He brings her back to life. He steps on the box. On his way to the dead girl, he meets the, women who's been, the woman who's been bleeding for more than a decade. Now remember, Jewish women who were bleeding were considered unclean. Did you know that men were not even allowed to sit on the chair that a woman had sat on until it had been vacant for a period of time? Or they would be considered unclean and have to leave the community too. The woman touches Jesus, but does Jesus become unclean? No. The woman's healed. He steps on the box. Jesus is redefining the boundaries of holiness. They're no longer about avoidance. He longs to see all people restored to wholeness and to life regardless of where they currently are. He steps on the box. Someone viewed as unclean and unwanted both by Jews and Gentiles becomes restored to community. The possessed man lived outside the community and is now drawn into the community. Jesus sent him back into the communities he was taken away from to go spread the word. Much like the woman at the well that day, he sends her back into the community. She's, she's got this huge testimony of, of what God has done for her. Back to the very people who had ostracized her. He was separated even from himself in many ways, and now he has wholeness and clarity of mind. Anybody long for some clarity of mind? There's a powerful use of military language here, and it was intriguing to me to, to study this and to research this this week. He says, um, what is your name? And the man says, Legion. Legion is the name of the demons in the man. It describes the division, a division of the Roman army made up of 6,000 soldiers. So why reference Legion. Jesus orders the demons with the word used for military command. The pigs rush into the sea like soldiers rush into war. Why use this military image? Here's why. This imagery shows how powerful the opposition is to Jesus. And yet, the story emphasizes the strength and power of Jesus. While the disciples and others question who Jesus is, the demoniacs recognize Jesus as the Messiah, running to him and calling him Son of the Most High God. This legion of demons recognized who Jesus was. The story answers the question, who is he? Even the wind and the waves obey. Powerful demons obey. And the Roman military, by implication, is powerless before the Messiah. Great things are powerless before the Messiah. 
great situations in your life are powerless before the Messiah. During Lent, um, we see, you know, we talk about Jesus, and, and this Jesus that we talk about is the Son of the Most High God, and he longs to bring you and I into wholeness and community as well. And we're in this time where we, we reflect on ways that we've been separated from God and from community. And sometimes these reflections make us feel unworthy. Sometimes we look at our sin and think, there's no, there's no way God would want me. There's just no way. Um, we're reminded that God is with us. God goes where we are and he shows his love to us. I'm sure that it was shocking to the Jewish listeners to listen as the Messiah constantly stepped on that box and said, no, this is not the way we do things. God longs for us to view holiness and Christ-likeness as love-centered rather than law-centered. It's not about the things we do. It's about the relationship that we have with him. Um, we can do the same thing. We can pick a perfect little box and set our boundary lines and say, this is the way it has to be. And Jesus is like, no, it's not. <laughs> or he's stomping a little more fiercely. I'm not going to do that. My back hurts too much to do it this morning. I'm, I'm going to guess there are moments where some of us need that box physically stomped on with a violent, because we don't get it. Stop. Stop putting me in that box. We're motiv when we're motivated by love, when we are um, holy, the love and the grace become more infectious than the uncleanliness of our sin. Our focus has to be on our love for God and others, not on rules. People are longing for a God who loves them and will go the distance for them. Who has the power to save them? We are the ones who carry the message of that power with our presence in the lives of others, our care for others, and our love for others. We have a savior who's able to command the wind and the waves to cast out demons and to bring the dead to life. Our savior's all about setting people free and you and I are able to be set free and live lives of wholeness and community. Let me ask you this morning, what's, what's trapping you? What's your box? What's keeping you from that wholeness and that community? Can I be, encourage you to be like that woman who just pushed through the crowd just to touch the hem of Jesus' garment to be healed? Will you bring your stuff and your issues and your struggles and will you lay them at the feet of Jesus and say, heal me? Step outside the box and heal me. Do something different that not even I can understand and heal me. And do something new in me. Yeah, but Christy, I'm this way because society says it's who I am or who I'm supposed to be. I'm this way because this is my family. I'm this way because just life stinks. I'm this way because of the choices that I made and now I just have to live with it and suffer. I literally think Jesus would stand in front of us and use a term something like this, hogwash. 
he would look you in the eye and he would say to you, I died on the cross to break your chains and set you free. Stop holding on to the past and live into the freedom that I have for you. Just as Jesus desires to set you free, he desires to set others around you free too. I love that real life has tried to function outside of a box. We hear stories of the way over the last 18 or 19 years that real life has functioned outside the box, and I love it. It's one of the reasons Jeremy and I love being here. I want us to continue being a church that functions outside of a box. It's funny, we put a box in our parking lot to function outside of a box. We've got six boxes in our community to minister to a group of people that society says walk away from. That a city says bury the evidence so we can't tell that they're there. Makes me mad. We literally sat there this week going, what can we do? This isn't right. It's not right. Shame on us. That's what it says. I want us to continue to be that church that thinks outside the box, that continues this legacy and finds a way to um, be the hands and the feet and the very heart of Jesus in Murfreesboro and the surrounding communities. We're supposed to be this one that share the message of love and hope with others. We are supposed to be the ones who do not run from the ones that the world despises. We're supposed to embrace them because the love of Christ transforms people in powerful and wonderful ways. The love of Christ restores us to community friends. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org slash give. Thanks again for listening.